Chubb's yelling so loud the equipment quit. Go, 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 Huge win for BYU. <laughs> this is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Dallin's dealing. Noah Waterman from the Egyptian magician. And Richie oh. Saunders hammers it home with the right hand. And it's good! We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the great Austin Colley. Great to have you with us wherever and however you're connected. And it is great to welcome in, once again, the 2011 Naismith Men's College Basketball Player of the Year, Jimmer Fredette, Jimo Dashen, NBA veteran and soon-to-be Olympian representing the red, white, and blue. Jimmer, great to have you back on BYU Sports Nation. Always great to be back. It's good to see you guys. Good to see you, Austin. Glad you're filling in again for that, uh, you know, poor soul, Jerem. And uh, we're excited. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, hopefully this is a regular thing, right? You I come mean, on the J- show, we talk yeah. to Jimmer, right? I mean, is Jerem scared yeah, at all? Exactly. I mean, do you talk to Jerem? Is he threatened at all by my <laughs> presence here on the show at all? Or He should be. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I can see it. All right, Jim. Okay, I wish that we were discussing different pretenses as far as BYU men's basketball goes after what was an incredible first half at Texas Tech, only to watch the Cougars let that big lead slip away and they lose, ultimately falling to 2-3 and three in Big 12 play. So let's just start with the second half. In your perception, where did BYU go off the rails, if you will, against the Red Raiders on Saturday? Yeah, you know, it, we played such a great game for probably 33, 34 minutes of the game, right? And uh, I think the biggest thing is towards the end of the game, the game slows down, right? That's that's what happens in conference play. You equate it to like an NCAA tournament game or, um, you know, like an NBA playoffs where, you know, in the regular season, it's kind of run and gun and, you know, they kind of just play. But towards con- once you get into conference play, once you get into playoffs, the end of the games, especially every single uh, possession matters. And the team knows exactly what you're going to do. They're scouting you. They know what you're going to do. So at that point, the biggest thing is that we need to try to exploit matchups. We need to find our best matchup during the end of the game and exploit it. And uh, I thought we were doing a pretty good job of getting um, Ali the ball. And and he was able to exploit that matchup for a while down, down low. And then I think we went away from it a little bit, started to shoot more tough shots um, and, uh, you know, weren't able to make those tough shots. So sometimes it's just the way it works. You know, the crowd got into it. They, they started hitting shots. They got that momentum. You know, you could feel it in the arena. You could feel it on TV watching. Um, so I think just at the end of the game, we just needed to, to do a good job of trying to exploit the matchups that are working for us on that game. And I think Ali was the, the answer. Jimmer, one of the things that I think myself, along with BYU fans, have noticed just over the course of, of, of the last, I don't know, six conference games uh, is this kind of momentum going into the second half and then coming out flat, right? How do you if, – if you're Mark Pope – and, and this has kind of become a characteristic of the team. A, what are you going to do and what are you going to say coming in at halftime to your squad in order to, to continue that momentum or to harness that momentum that you had in the first half to make sure that it continues over into the second half, right? And then, you know, what, uh, 
have you had any experiences like that in your playing days where, where maybe uh, you guys have kind of gone through like that, uh, that dead period of coming out in the second half? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we every single time we played against UNLV when I was uh, when I was playing at BYU, I felt like every time we came out of that second half, we were always flat, and they always came out and just kind of trying kind of took it to us. And so it happens. Um, the question is, how quickly can you refocus and regain that momentum back? Um, you know, I, it has been something that has been happening with BYU. So maybe out of the half, we got to do a little something differently. Um, <clears throat> sometimes maybe just changing that game plan up a little bit, being whether it, hey, maybe we throw in a little bit of a press yeah. just to kind of get the guys going, right? Just to get them feeling in the game, get them, get them moving, get them active, doing whatever it is to like <clears throat> change their momentum of like, no, we can't play complacent. We have to, you know, step on their throats for to, so, so to say, to go out there and, and win this game and continue to build that lead because if you, you're at a 15 point lead you know they make a couple baskets they get an under 10 the, the crowd gets going and now it's a completely different ball game whereas if you can build that that lead up to 20 points now all of a sudden you know you have that you have a little bit of cushion to lean back on a, a run that they have so i think the biggest thing is just tr as a as a collective group they need to have the mindset of like hey that first five minutes is the game Right. If you can come in in that first five minutes and go out there and and build that lead up, you have a team that might fold um, for the rest of the game. Kind of like the Iowa State situation where they played so great that full game, yeah. they were able to build that lead up, and then it was over with. Jimmer Fredette is on BYU Sports Nation, and Jimmer, you know better than anybody what a home court and the home court advantage can do for a team to build energy. So with BYU playing on the road, once Texas Tech got things rolling in the second half. How much of what happened late in that game can be attributed to it's just really tough to win college basketball games when a, a crowd is going like that? A lot of it, right? Like most of it. That's the way that it works in college basketball, uh, especially, you know, with these great arenas that they're going to with, with great student sections. And you know how hard it is for these teams to come in and play at the Rock, right? Like the momentum is crazy. Once you, you make see a couple of shots go in, the crowd really gets behind you. You feel that energy. The other team feels the energy, right? And then it's just they're more a little bit more tense when you have the basketball. You're not playing your normal game. Um, you know, you're not trying to be as aggressive. They have a little bit more, um, you know, oomph to them when they're playing on the defensive end. All of these things um, happen when you're playing on the road, and that's natural. Uh, the biggest thing is um, how do we combat that, yeah. right? We need we need a couple of guys that that say hey this is i like this this is what i want you know i want this crowd to get ruckus because i want to go out there and i want to be able to say hey you guys need to quiet down right like it's it's time for you to quiet down by making a big shot i think i think one of the things that we don't do a great job of is getting to the free throw line mm. that really can shift and change momentum and also quiet a crowd especially when you're you know you're, they're on a run or something you're going down you're able to get fouled and get to the foul line it just kind of calms everybody down a little bit you're able to make hopefully go in and make two free throws and at that point be able to set your defense and be able to get back into it. So if you're always seeing the ball going off of the rim and they're getting the ball and they're out in transition, the crowd is going crazy. It's really tough. So you got to somehow figure out a way to make baskets, get to the free throw line and try to quiet that crowd a little bit. Listen, I, I, I've been in a lot of arenas. Okay. Or, or I should say stadiums, right? I've been in a lot of big games. I've been able to play in two AFC championship games, a Super Bowl game. And I'll tell you right now that <clears throat> even with those big games, there's not an energy quite like 
a basketball game. And, and the effect that an energy or that type of energy can have on a momentum of a game. I remember going to Cameron Indoor uh, when Duke played UNC one, one game, right, with the students are literally on the court. The refs <laughs> are having to back them up when they have to inbound the ball. And it's the same with the Marriott Center, like you had mentioned, Jimmer, with the Rock, right? Like the, the, the environment has the ability to change the game on a dime, right? And, uh, you know, just like Jimmer said, I, I think coming out in the first two minutes of that half – You've got to make it your uh, your mission to make sure that that energy doesn't get doesn't start overflowing, right? Doesn't start getting to the point where it's affecting everybody else's play. You got to stifle that right when you come out, right? And let's add to that, Jimmer. Like yeah. you mentioned, BYU needs a couple of guys to maybe get downhill and get to the free throw line, or somebody that can go get a bucket. So who are those guys, or who is that guy for BYU right now, as the roster is currently constituted? Who's the Jimmer? Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult because they're like I've kind of been saying this a little bit throughout the season is like that last five minutes that we need a guy to be able to go in and, and, and create a bucket. Right. And we don't necessarily have one of those guys that can just go out and get a bucket. It's more of a collective effort with BYU. That's just how they played. That's how they like to play. They like the ball movement, they like the player movement. They're really good at it when they're playing at their best. They're extremely, extremely good. The problem is, is when teams know exactly what they're going to do when the game slows down, you're going to have to beat a team off of two different ways, right? Either you have to be able to beat a guy off of a dribble to be able to get to the basket, to be able to create open shots for others or be able to score at the rim. Or the other way to penetrate and get into the, to the lane is to throw it into the post, right? And now you're creating um, the same type of effect of a dribble you know, downhill to getting into the basket. You're creating the ball, getting into the lane and then having the defense to react, right? So, you know, you need to, we need to find who, like I said, whoever is playing the best that game, because it is a collective effort. It's not always going to be the same guy that's going to be like, hey, this is your go-to guy for BYU this year. It's going to be who is playing really well. Last game, it was Ali, right? We needed to keep throwing him the ball, and I would do it 12 times in a row if we have to, right? Because at that point, now you're going to make Texas Tech be like, all right, He's scoring every single time in the post. What are we going to do? We got to make them change and make them adjust to what we're doing. So at that point, if they double, now you got guys that are open and you're getting better looks, right? So maybe one game it's, it's, you know, Spencer, maybe he has a mismatch. We go to him, make him make the defense adjust. I think that's what we're going to need to do at these end of the games is find what is the mismatch that's happening in that game? And I would exploit it every single time down the floor until they adjust. And then you feel like you're going to be able to get more open shots. And so that's, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. So we just got to figure that out on a game-to-game basis and uh, try to exploit it. Let's talk the future of the Cougs for a second, okay? Do you think even with this loss this last weekend, they still have a chance of going 500 in league play? Yes, of course. They still do. I mean, they're two and three right now. They have two home games coming up. Granted, those two home games are, are difficult, uh, but every <laughs> single game is going to be difficult in the Big 12. It doesn't matter, but you're still on track to be able to get towards a 500 record. And um, and, and that's where, you know, you, if you can do that in the Big 12, you're, you're going to be in a, in a good spot going into the NCAA tournament, right? That means you're going to have eight or nine really good quad one wins, and you'll have, you know, eight or nine quad one losses. Like, that's just the way that pretty much it's going to work um, when you're playing in these Big 12 games. So they definitely have a shot. But I like like I said, you're going to take your lumps during this 
uh, Big 12 conference play season. It's just the way that's going to work. You just have to pick yourself up and say, all right, last game, what can we do better? How can we make an adjustment to, you know, play in this next game? Uh, let's go out and uh, exploit that and be able to, you know, come out with more aggression for the next one and win this next game. It's that next game mentality. But they're still in a good spot. You know, most of the league is two and three or three and two. It's not like they're four games back or anything like that. Yeah. Like everyone's just bunched up and that's just the way it's going to be for most of this year. And uh, you just got to go out there and win the next one. Jimmer, for the first time in BYU basketball history, the Cougars are going to play three ranked teams in a row which is wild, between Iowa State, Texas Tech, and now hosting Houston. Now, there's a common denominator between those three opponents. They thrive off creating live ball turnovers. BYU handled yeah. against Iowa State. They lost yeah. control in the second half against Texas Tech. And now here comes Houston, who's probably the best defensive team of all of those three squads right yeah. there. So what do you do to try and – emulate that type of pressure in, def or, uh, in practice to get ready for just an overwhelming defense that BYU is going to face against Houston and avoid more of those turnover concerns? It's hard to emulate. It really is. It's not easy because the, uh, the intensity that they'll come up, uh, come in with will be different than what they play against on, you know, during a practice schedule. But, you know, I play against eight guys during practice, literally I'd put eight guys on the floor and I would say trap everywhere. And I would say, you got to beat this. <laughs> you got to beat this press <clears throat> with eight guys on the floor. Um, that's, that's how I would handle it. I've had a lot of coaches that have done it that way. Um, you're going to get double teamed and you're not going to have a pass to throw it to. And that's what it's going to feel like when you're in the game. Like you're just going to feel like they're everywhere because they're well coached. They're very athletic. They're long. They know how to play really great defense. They're going to stay in front of you. So I think that's the, the best way to emulate it. But like I said, once you get into the game, it's going to be different. And, and I think against Texas Tech, we did a good job for most of the part until towards the end of the game. And then, you know, the, I, I think the turnovers are 12 to 5 versus yeah. BYU, right? And and we, we can't have that type of discrepancy with the team that we are. We want to – we need to make sure that we're getting a shot off every possession because we're such a good shooting team, right? And I think, you know, losing those possessions and giving them to the other team is just a, is a, is a backbreaker. So we need to do a good job. Our, our biggest problem is, is that Dallin's really our only ball handler, right? Like the other guys, they're not, they're not real point guards. Most of them are shooting guards, small forwards. Um, so they, they're not used to dribbling the ball a lot um, under pressure. Right. And Dallin is the guy that's, that's tried to steady the ship as best as he can had a couple of turnovers late uh, versus versus Texas tech. So if we can avoid that and keep the turnover margin pretty close, we'll be in, we'll be in a much better spot, but we got to figure out how to, how to break that press with guys that aren't traditionally ball handlers in the, on the court at the, at the time. So it's going to have to be through the pass and uh, making sure that Dallin has the ball a lot, being able to, you know, get the ball to the floor. Basketball wizard, dude. I love, I love that idea. Simulating just kind of throw eight guys on the court, just cause a circus, right? Get wild. A, really? I, I, I love that idea. How um, well, They're trying to create chaos. They try to create chaos. So you have to try to emulate that in practice, and, you know, you just throw as many guys as you can. No, no question. I love that idea. How's, uh, how's Paris prep coming? What are we doing? Paris prep is coming really well. I've uh, been got my group of guys out here in Denver I'm playing 3x3 with. I uh, got my trainer out here. Shout out to Eric Garcia. Who's been uh, who's been great with me? Uh, I've been working out with him for a long time, 
And, uh, you know, so we're getting ready. I'm working on the things that I need to get better at. There's a lot that I can get better at for this next season after going through a whole, you know, 3X3 season and know how they're going to guard me throughout the throughout the year and and uh, just watching film on myself and, and our team. So I'm excited. It's it's funny because, you know, this is the most excited I've been about an off-season workout regimen that, I, <laughs> that I've been since I was at BYU. That says a and lot. And that, that means that I'm really locked in, right? Like when you're excited to go work out every day, that means that it's a, it's a good spot. You're in a good spot. You're ready to go and ready to get prepared. So uh, <laughs> I'm feeling good about it. And, uh, you know, just uh, the countdowns begin. Hey, we appreciate you making time for us. In fact, when are you coming to hang out with us again in Provo? Oh, I'll be there. I'll be there a couple of times in February. Uh, I think February 3rd, I'm coming to uh, call help call a women's game. Let's go. Uh, and then uh, February 10th, I'll be in studio again uh, with Love you guys. Uh, for nation and, uh, you know, for the men's basketball game. So outstanding. Love Jimmer, great to talk with you, man. Uh, stay warm there in Colorado. If, if you can, we're doing our best over here in Utah and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good to talk, talk with you, soon. brother. That is basketball wisdom from the great Jimmer Fredette. He's a wizard. He's a wizard. I, I love that idea, dude. Eight, eight guys on the court, freaking just create chaos, right? <laughs> Not when you get in the game, dude. It's just it's, it's a titch easier. Yes, right? it, that's what it's going to feel like with Houston. Houston's defense is so good and yeah. so overwhelming. It's going to feel like you're playing five on seven. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, BYU basketball with Mark Pope returns Thursday night as the head coach of the Cougars and a player guest will recap the past week of the Big 12 and preview Saturday's matchup against Texas Thursday at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Man, between Houston and Texas, I'll happily take a split this week. Up next, a record-breaking rebound and much-needed victory for BYU women's hoops. We'll discuss... The complexity of that win and Lauren Gustin's record right after the break. Will anybody ever catch the rebounding mark now? This is BYU Sports Nation. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Austin Colley. Let's roll out your Monday headlines. Number 20, BYU men's basketball lost a tough game on Saturday against the number 25 Texas Tech, 85-78. After leading by 16 points at halftime, the Cougars offense went cold in the second half. That allowed the Red Raiders to come back and win. BYU falls to 2-3 and three in Big 12 play after the loss and to number 5 in the net and number 10 in the Ken Palm. Amazing ratings still. I mean, we're kind of right there. Up next is the number 5 Houston in Provo on Tuesday. BYU women's basketball with a massive win on Saturday that was maybe overshadowed by Lauren Gustin breaking the program record for career rebounds. Congratulations, Lauren. Doing it against Texas Tech, she passed Tina Gunn's record that stood for 44 years. Amazing. Gustin ended the game with 17 points and 14 rebounds, another double-double. She's the double-double queen. And helped lead the Cougars to their second-ever Big 12 win, 60-46 to over the Red Raiders. Up next, BYU at Kansas State. Tough game on Saturday. How about the NFL weekend we had? Awesome. Cougars in the NFL, like Fred Warner. Told seven tackles and a tackle for loss for the 49ers and a 24-21 win over the Packers. Huge win for the Niners. Warner and the Niners will play the Lions in the NFC Championship game on Sunday. K-9 
KBN had one tackle for the Ravens and a 34-10 win over the Texans. KBN and the Ravens will host Andy Reid's Chiefs mm. in the AFC Championship game Sunday. Are we gonna get a Are we gonna get a Niners Ravens? Maybe it might be a rematch of 2013. I think so. All right. Where's Dennis Pitta? Where is we, Dennis? We need, we need him on the program to discuss no that. No question. <laughs> Let's get him on next week, shall we? Ninth-ranked BYU men's volleyball beat 15th-ranked UC Santa Barbara back-to-back -back nights over the weekend to improve to 5-1 on the season. Trent Moser led BYU's offense with a career-high 22 kills on Friday night and a total of 36 kills over the two matches. BYU hosts number 16 Princeton tonight, 9 Eastern, live on BYU TV. Those two teams will meet tomorrow night live on BYU TV as well. And BYU Gymnastics traveled to Iowa State over the weekend for their Big 12 opener and scored a season high of 196.125. Good score. Great score. For the first time this season, BYU scored above the 49 on all four events. Up next, BYU's Big 12 home opener against West Virginia. BYU football, signees Reiner Swanson, Tay Nakua, and Ephraim Asiata, Fale Tau Satuala, and Devo Tuataga played in the 2024 Polynesian Bowl over the weekend. That was pretty good. Thank you. Great job. Tuatanga. Let's go. <laughs> BYU's Christian Allen plays six at the USATF Cross Country Championships, securing a spot on the Team USA Cross Country roster for the 2024 World Athletic Championships. Well done, Christian. BYU women's tennis kicking off their season strong over the weekend with a 3-0 record in matches against Arizona, Missouri, and Michigan State. Up next for BYU, their blue-white match on Saturday. And BYU men's and women's swim and dive both competed over the weekend with both teams winning home tri-meets against Air Force and Colorado Mesa. Those are today's headlines. Now some opinions. Let's whip it! Cooper Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU Women's Hoops beat Texas Tech on Saturday, 60-46, to a much-needed win. Was that a flash in the pan or a sign of things to come? I feel like there's something to BYU getting a quality win in Big 12 play. Not that beating Cincinnati for their first ever win wasn't quality. Texas Tech is a better team than Cincinnati, so now that BYU knows, like, okay, we can beat good teams in this conference. There's something that flips mentally. A confidence for you. builder? Yeah, for sure. Boost? Granted, they get Kansas State, which is just a really tough game on Saturday. Like, uh, so it's going to be tough to tell right now, but later in the season, you'll start to see BYU believe, like, okay, they, they can win some more of these high level Big 12 games. So maybe not immediately see it, but you'll see it later in the season that, that there are more good things to come. Absolutely, I love uh, it. All right, Lauren Gustin, speaking of BYU women's basketball, broke Tina Gunn's rebound record that stood for 44 years. It's a long time. Will Gustin's rebound record stand for the next 44 years? So this is what I'll say. Women's basketball in general is getting a lot better. It is. We're seeing girls do things that they've never done before. So do I think this rebound record will stand the test of time? Half a century, close to? <laughs> no, I don't think so, right? I, I, I think it'll be a long time, but I don't think it's gonna take 44 years. Okay, I like that ideology. Lauren is a special player. The one advantage, and it's a significant one that Lauren had is she got a fifth year because of the whole COVID scenario. So True. Tina Gunn did her mark in four years. That's how dominant she was. Lauren, it took four and a half-ish seasons. We haven't asked her on that. I, 
it's weird how the COVID thing works. There's no asterisk, but maybe these records that are going down because of the fifth years that are happening, maybe there should be something there, right? Yeah, uh, there's gotta be something. So like, it's gonna be tough to break Lauren's record because she had the additional time. Yeah. Not to say that it's not incredible, it's an incredible mark regardless. Yeah, but there, there's a lot of talent out there, okay? The Salt Lake Stars wore jerseys in a game this past week inspired by the X account, NBA Paint. <laughs> the jerseys look like this. Would you like to see BYU <laughs> in a version of this? I, I'm gonna go ahead and say no, no on that one. Um, no, no, like it's cool that like you, you honor this account and the idea. The Salt Lake Stars feel like the appropriate team to do something like this. It's a G League team, okay? Don't put these jerseys on collegiate teams. Don't do it. Jeez, I mean, Louise. Don't do it. Don't do it. No. It's cute. <laughs> do you want people to say that? Your jerseys are Your cute. Your cute jerseys. <laughs> They're going to put it, on, put, it, put it on us with those jerseys right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are nice, good causes to go behind this, but don't, don't do it at the college level. No. Like the stars, fine. G League's fine for me. Yeah. Okay, up next. Jersey. How would you describe the first five BYU men's basketball games in the Big 12 era in five words or fewer? We've got some great responses coming in. This is BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social, Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. How about some Tuesday headlines? Number 21 men's basketball hosts number four Houston tonight in the Battle of the Cougs. BYU's two and three in Big 12 play. Houston three and two. Houston a two and a half point favorite, number four in the country, number one in net in Ken Palm. They are good at the basketball. Ken Palm gives BYU a 40% chance to win, however. Pre-game coverage for tonight begins at 8 Eastern on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU men's basketball remains in the AP poll for a ninth consecutive week. However, the Cougars drop one spot to number 21 after splitting games last week against ranked teams in Iowa State and Texas Tech. BYU is one of only seven Big 12 teams in this week's AP poll. There were eight, seven. There were eight a week ago. Oh, getting worse. Also, ESPN's Joe Lenardi has BYU still as a five seed playing in Salt Lake City in his latest Bracketology update. That is literally the best case scenario. Oh, unless you're like, I don't like the 512, it's a 50-50. I would take a five right now. Come on now, come on. Mel Kuyper has Kingsley Suamati as his eighth best offensive tackle, and Ryan Rico as the fourth best punter, not to me, in his latest NFL draft position rankings. Number eight, BYU men's volleyball sweeping. 14th ranked Princeton last night to improve to hey. six and one on the season. BYU's 17th straight home victory, the second most consecutive home wins in the rally scoring era ever in BYU volleyball history. My bad. Cougars led by Trent Moser, who totaled 12 kills. He had 333. BYU plays Princeton again tonight in the Marriott Center, or rather in the Smith Fieldhouse while basketball is in the Marriott Center. Coverage begins at 9 Eastern, and it's live exclusively on BYU TV. Hey, we do, we do sports games. Speaking of Trent Mosier, he was named MPSF Offensive Player of the Week. Had 36 kills last week, hit 469, 5.1 kills per set at UC Santa Barbara in a pair of ways. BYU football signee Faletau Satuala is the new top recruit in the state of Utah. Yeah. It's a big deal. Satuala, safety out of Bountiful, Utah, is the first 
top-ranked Utah prospect to sign with BYU in over a decade. Mm. Been a while for the Cougars there. Troy Hines was the last as the top recruit back in 2012. Those are today's headlines. Now some opinions in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. During the Kansas-Cincinnati game last night, Jay Billis of ESPN said Trevor Nell might be the best shooter in the country. Is he? Woohoo. From the three-point line, I think he is because of the level of competition he's playing against and he's still hitting these threes at that clip. Yeah, from the three-point line, I'm ready to go there with Jay Billis. Jay Billis loves BYU shooters. He Alex Parcello, Trevin Nell. Yeah. yeah, man, what do you think? Uh, in my super biased opinion, absolutely. Uh, love Trevin Nell. You don't get the shot doctor nickname. You can't stripe it from this. The shot doc. Okay. The shot doc. Let's go. You can assess things uh, just in one swift movement. And and we saw the uh, NOAA analytics that they use in uh, the annex ourselves, and we watched Trevin make 81 yeah. out of 100 uncontested threes. Yeah. And, we were like, and he was like, got yeah, it. it was okay. Like, <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> that was okay? Really? What's good? BYU drops one spot in the AP poll after beating Iowa State at home convincingly and then losing by seven at Texas Tech last week. So that's okay, whatever. But then you consider this, Iowa State jumped up one spot after getting blown out by BYU and then surviving on Saturday. Texas Tech jumps five spots, Jerem, after losing at Houston by 23 points and then needing that miraculous rally against BYU to win by seven on their home floor. So is it better to lose on Tuesday than it is on Saturday? If you are about climbing in the AP poll, yes, absolutely. The evidence is there for this. So if BYU just, you know, tonight it doesn't work out, but Saturday it sure does against Texas. Jump them up five spots. Jumping up. Recency <laughs> bias is a little too strong in the AP poll. That the is human weird. element of, well, I watched them play yesterday. They looked pretty good. Yeah, we'll move them up in the poll. Yeah. Uh, you forgot what happened the whole week? Uh, okay. Volleyball player Trenton Mosier has a game day routine that includes Taco Bell for lunch. Yes. He's done this since high school. Yet he revealed to me in a BYU TV exclusive. Exclusive. Concert that he hasn't had it in the last few matches, yet he's playing some of the best volleyball of his career. What do you make of this information? I think Trent needs to stay away from the Taco Bell <laughs> while this is continuing to happen. Just get your dad superstitious, just keep it going. If he plays poorly, then it's like, all right, I'm going to Taco Bell next game. It's amazing that a high-level athlete could consume something like that and hours later still be good. <laughs> I love Taco Bell. I'm not uh, crapping on Taco Bell. But uh, it tastes great. It tastes great. Not but, great for your body. But maybe not. Well, I guess he has a few hours to let that uh, quote unquote digest. So there you go. Uh, men's volleyball has won 17 straight home matches. Will it be 20 by the end of the weekend? Spence, if it is, you got you to gotta put BYU probably in the top five, top yes. six. Because UC Irvine has, has dropped to seven. They've only lost one match. The three and one haven't played a ton. Irvine's good. Irvine's solid If BYU, frankly, I'll be happy if BYU splits with Irvine at the end of the week. We're going to see just how good BYU is. That's one of the good litmus tests. BYU's played a good schedule so far. Toughest test with Irvine, who was in the top four a couple weeks ago. Beat Princeton tonight. Let's see what happens against UC Irvine. I expect BYU to beat Princeton and then at least split versus Irvine. Smithfield House, again, we're talking about home court advantages. Super, super special. By the way, last night, 2,700 showed up for almost anybody. That'd be an amazing number for BYU. It was like only 2,700. On a Monday night, I thought that was pretty good. Tonight, I'm open for 1,500 plus. Because <laughs> it's going up against the Houston basketball yes. game. So we'll see. Hey, can't get into the basketball game? Go to the volleyball match 
and be loud. Someone on the staff told me if someone shows up tonight, they're probably not a volley, uh, basketball fan. They probably they're just aren't. a volleyball fan. Let's, which we will have the game for you on BYU TV. And of course, you can go and watch former, uh, you know, ex uh, past BYU men's volleyball matches, other games and shows, and Deep Blues. The archives on BYUSN.com and the free BYU TV app. Stream both the games tonight from the comforts of your home you if you're not going to be in attendance. You can do both, now, baby. Up next, this week's Top 5 Tuesday features the top five most unbreakable individual records at BYU. This on the heels of what Lauren Gustin has done. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's going to be hard to beat. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. It is Top 5 Tuesday. And because Lauren Gustin just broke what for a long time was an unbreakable record, it took 44 years to become the all-time leading rebounder in BYU women's basketball history, we thought, why not look at the remaining unbreakable individual records? Roll them out at number five. Tina Gunn Robinson's, uh, Robinson's career scoring record. Uh, this is uh, 2,759 career points, 27 a game. Most points scored among BYU men and women ever. Scored 50 plus in the game twice, high of 56. You look at the gap between the top five scores. Tyler Hawes was only nine points behind. Jimmer Fredette, almost 2,600. Uh, Lexi Radolch was amazing. Danny Ainge, this is pretty three-point line, by the way, for Gunn and Ainge. I think if Danny had a three-point line, he would have had 2,800 or 2,900. He'd be close to that, yeah, yeah, for sure, if not past it. She did it in 101 games. That's it? That's like, that's like three years now. Right? She would have had 3,000 points. 101 games. She that's did amazing. that with points, and she had the rebounding record for 44 years. Plus a college shirt, dude. Baller. I'll say this, cool. we, we kind of, uh, we, we were speculating on, well, maybe the fifth year helped Lauren Gustin. Nothing that she did at Solid Community College counted. So it's but like she was a four-year player. It's four years at BYU. Also, Tina Gunn was 6'5". Lauren Gustin is 6'1". Yeah. And has now accomplished the rebounding record mark. That, that's, and she did it in 106 games. So well, pr go. pretty good. It's only five more games to Not do it. Bad. At six, one. Not bad. All right, on to the next. Number four, Ty Detmer, your Heisman Trophy winner. These numbers are wild. 15,031 career passing yards, 121 passing touchdowns. That is unbelievable. I think that's Sons Bowl Games too, right? Yes, they because it wasn't bowl games included until later. at yeah. that time. Yeah. Like Max Hall is the next closest. Max Hall is an all-timer BYU. He's almost 4,000 passing yards in his career behind Ty Detmer. <laughs> three years for Max, right? And essentially three years Ty for Ty. Ty was three and a half. He played yeah. in, I want to say, what, three or four he games played at his the freshman end of his year? freshman year, yeah. 4,000 yards ahead. Amazing. That's unbelievable. And look and then, at the touchdowns. Look at these guys. Look at all these touchdowns. 121. Holy crap. Look at me beat. Heisman oh, earned. My goodness. Number three, Kyle Collinsworth, tripled up. Like, the next dude in NCAA history has six. Michael Anderson, some guy named uh, Shaquille O'Neal or something. <laughs> hey, triple doubles at BYU, by the way. There have only been five other dudes that have ever done it, and they each had one. Chosich, Ainge, Smith, Fred Roberts, and Neil Roberts. 
That will never be broken. No, Mr. Triple Double. Never! He was such a unique player. Yes. It, at BYU, like it's, we'll be lucky to have somebody hit two in their careers. We'll be lucky to have someone that hits one, Spence. Only these guys have done it. That is wild. That is 12 wild. triple doubles, doubling the previous NCAA record. Not just BYU record, NCAA yeah, record. Yeah, what's the NCAA record that got doubled? <laughs> just crazy. Wow. All right, on to number two. And I'm not sure we're gonna see anything like this ever again. No. Again, unbreakable records. Shauna Robach, her career goals, 94! <laughs> Like, they, she was scoring like five against New Mexico back in the day. Again, collared shirt. Collared shirt. Cool collared shirts on women's jerseys. Bring it back. She had 25 games with multiple goals. At um, least a brace, if not good. a hat trick. One time I interviewed her up in Park City because she was uh, an, an Olympian. Olympian. Yes. Took, uh, took silver into Eight her. career hat tricks. Not surprisingly the most in BYU history. Scored 20 goals or more in three seasons. Eighth all time <laughs> in NCAA history. 41. 41 more than the great Michaela Cooper. 41 would have put you at like just at seven Look or something. Ashley Hatch. She has double the goals that Ashley Hatch scored in her career. Yeah. Crazy. That's just wild. Pronounced Redding, by the way. Unbreakable individual records. Okay, number one, Lavelle Edwards. Head coaching football wins in BYU. 257, eighth most in uh, FBS history, won 25 straight games at one point, program record, 84 national title, not sure if you've heard about that. The next closest is Bronco Mendenhall at 99. Couldn't stick around for 100, now at New Mexico. That's never going to be beaten. Kalani Satake is doing pretty good, right? He's at 56, <laughs> but like, it ain't happening, okay? One time he, he joked, I wanna be the Polynesian Lavelle. You're on your way, dog, you're on your way. All he's got to do is have Look, that number beats him. <laughs> like, holy cow. Think about this. It would take 20 10-win seasons to get within one win. In the Big 12, I think that's really possible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's gonna, if, if Kalani Stocky wants to do it, he'd probably have to coach for like 30 more years at BYU. Then he would surpass Lavelle. It would take like 30 more years. And then, again, unbreakable records. No, I, like, if, if you said in the next 50 years, you know, some of these have been broken, I'll be surprised, man. Incredible. They're, listen, uh, records are meant to be broken, not those ones. No. <laughs> those ones. We've had a complete show because we had Tommy Hudspeth involved on the screen. It's yeah, anytime have, it's we have Tommy Hudspeth. The fiery and, Tommy Hudspeth. And Neil Roberts yeah. and Sarah Redding. Let's go. We good, Doc. <laughs> Tonight, men's volleyball ranked number eight takes on number 14, Princeton. Night two, BYU won in a sweep last night. Take it on the Tigers out of the Ivy League, although not in volleyball, in the EIBA. 9 Eastern on this channel called BYU TV. What chance do you give BYU men's basketball to pull off a shocker tonight against number four Houston? Only a two and a half point underdog. Can I say higher than 100%? This is BYU Sports Nation. Where are those blue gods? 110%. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Blaine Fowler covering both football and basketball. We're focused on basketball right now, Blaine, on the heels of a tough loss to fourth-ranked Houston last night. BYU erases a 13-point deficit. They tie it but end up losing by seven. They play the second half even. So after all of that and with that backdrop, Blaine, how are you feeling about this BYU basketball team given the frustration last night? 
Yeah, I, there's a lot of good that can be taken fr- from that game last night. Um, and Houston was everything that we expect them to be, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they're, they're the number one team defensively in the country for a reason. They're, they're so physical. They have such great lateral quickness, those quick hands that they have. And we saw um, Ali Khalifa, who, who usually uh, just plays with teams defensively with his ability to pass in and around people, have multiple balls tipped, and and uh, they just couldn't find those back cuts and those things. So first off, we've got to give Houston a lot of credit. They're, they're for real. Um, they're the number one net team in the country, uh, and it's because they play such great defense. So the fact that, that BYU got down, they they grinded to get back in it. They played a little bit different. They had to adjust. Ollie sat down. Food comes in the game. They play a little bit more inside out through the post. The fact that they got literally three opportunities at the end of the game with shots, and they didn't make any of them, unfortunately, but they got good shots, especially those last two threes. Those are the shots you want to get to either tie the thing up and get into overtime or win the game. I, I think there's a lot of good that, that can come from this. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not – you know, you're disappointed because it's one they had a chance to win, one they had a chance to steal. But then you got to look on the other side and go, okay, didn't I didn't expect BYU to win that game anyhow. The fact that they were in it when they got down, i got to take some positive from that. One thing we've seen in these – Big 12 games is when the stress level rises, BYU seems to get sped up. They got sped up a couple of times last night when Houston went on some nice runs. And there's a difference between shooting threes in the offense and hunting threes. And you talked about that on the post-game show last night. What's the difference? Yeah, and I'm okay with them hunting for threes as long as they're hunting for good threes. And I I think they did a fantastic job of this in the Iowa State game. I I think – they did the worst job of the season in the Cincinnati game. Last night was somewhere in between where uh, when I say you're hunting for threes, that means we're looking for a three, but we're not going to take a bad three. It, it's They're going to be open looks, uh, uh, you know, patience on offense, make the extra pass. Maybe it's two extra passes. Maybe it's a drive to get two feet in the paint and draw the defense and kicking out to the perimeter. Last night there were a few stretches where they dribbled into some threes that were – not only deep, but but deep with a defender in their face. So those contested threes, um, they, they need to – maybe it's just one extra pass or a pass and then a kick and, and an open three. So I don't have a problem with the number of threes. Uh, they, they attempted 38 threes, but they only made 11. That's 28.9%. If they shoot above 35% and shoot 38 threes, I'm completely fine with it. That's not that many more makes. So they just reel it in a little bit in terms of shot selection, and I would be happy. I have no problem with the number of threes, just the quality of some of those threes in that game. And, Dave, I think you're exactly right. They, you know, And Houston does this to teams, right? They get you in a hurry because it's so hard to find an open shot. And then sometimes at the end of the game when you haven't had an open look all game long because they don't give you one and you finally get one, you're almost surprised that you're wide open and you rush that wide open one. A little bit so yeah it's not the number it's the quality it's not about hunting threes it's about hunting for good threes and quality threes Blaine I've had multiple fans contact me on X and ask hey are you still holding your BYU's gonna win nine conference games projection and my response is they've been in all six games they've given me no reason to believe they're not capable of winning nine conference games with the schedule 
quote unquote lightening up and <laughs> take that, you know, with a grain of salt, but it, it does lighten a little in February and early March. But I still feel like this BYU team is capable of winning nine conference games. Maybe they're behind schedule by one right now, because I feel like they should be three and three, but they're two and four. But if BYU beats Texas and get to three and four at the end of January, how are you feeling about what this team is capable of through the duration of the Big 12? I agree with you. And and I heard you guys talking earlier that this Texas game seems to be a little bit bigger because of the Houston game. And you, you want to hold home court every time you can. But when, when the number four team in the country is coming in, um, it, it would have been an upset for BYU to win at home last night by every measure, right? Um, but it, they're expected to win on Saturday. And you need to win those games you're expected to win. You know, the issue is they were expected to win Cincinnati and they lost. But, but guess what? Then they went on the road and got a road game and balanced it off. So to me, they're right on schedule as long as they win Saturday to do exactly what you're saying, and that's go 500 in league. Now, that's not an easy task because all of a sudden Texas, who you know, wasn't looking so amazing, um, looks great right now in the last couple of games. You know, They lost some games in con. They lose to West Virginia, um, and they lose some games, and you're thinking, oh, this, this Texas team's, even though it's a veteran, veteran team, um, this is a team that's vulnerable this year. And then they reel off back-to-back big-time wins. You know, they, they lost to Texas Tech. They lost to Central Florida at home, right? They lose on, on, on the road at West Virginia, who's not been great, although they did beat Kansas. So anything goes in this league. Uh, but the, the Baylor and Oklahoma wins, especially that Oklahoma win on the road, is a big win. Not as unexpected as people think, though. People have to remember, for some reason, Oklahoma has struggled with Texas even on their home court, that's five in a row yeah. for Texas yeah. and Norman. And so there's something that Texas has that's getting in the heads of Oklahoma when, when Oklahoma plays them at home. Five in a row now uh, for, for Oklahoma or, or for Texas at Oklahoma in basketball. Um, the Marriott Center is a tough place to play. And BYU is going to come with a little chip on their shoulders. Uh, th- think about this. Dave and I were talking about this last night. I don't know if we talked about it on the air or if we, we just were talking about it, but – Defensive efficiency, this league's amazing. Houston's number one in the country. Iowa State's number two. Central Florida's number four. BYU's number five, going into last night. They played three of the top five teams in the country in terms of (laughs) defensive efficiency. And and so it's tough to be a team that's built around offense when you're playing those types of teams. Now, Texas is very good. They're solid defensively, but they're 44 in the country. That's not bad. There's 362 teams in the country, so if you're 44, you're still pretty solid. But they're not... Houston level defensively. They're not I Iowa State BYU. either. They're not Iowa State either. Right. Iowa State's number two. Think about those two teams. How good they are. They're the two best defensive teams in the country. And BYU's had that in their gauntlet the last couple of weeks. And then they've been on the road in some tough venues. So I expect them to shoot a much better percentage against Texas. Um and and BYU has proven that they're a pretty solid defensive team. Texas is pretty skilled. They're a really good shooting team. They shoot almost forty nine percent from the field and, and they're thirty eight percent from three. So they're a skilled, very veteran team. They start three graduate students, a junior and a sophomore. Very, very experienced. But you need a lot of experience to come and play in that Marriott Center. I I just feel like BYU has a great shot to win this one Saturday. And if they win Saturday, they're right on schedule to be 500 in the league. I agree with you 100%, Spencer. Blaine, uh, last question. Let's shift gears and talk about – we're going to stay with the Texas theme, but let's go to football. Uh, it's announced by the ACC that BYU's going to Texas, not Austin, up to Dallas to play SMU on Friday, September 6th. How do you feel about that Friday night game? 
I like I like a Friday night game. I don't have any problem with that. It does it means on our travel week though you've got one less day of preparation? The hard thing is, you know, you never know because you plan these things so far in advance how good a team's going to be. You'd like to see three games in the preseason where you go, hey, these are just automatic wins. Well, SMU is coming off of an 11-3 and season where they were lights out as, as an offensive football team. Um, they're really good, and they have a good good core coming back. So this isn't just a give-me for BYU. I, I do think, though, based on what BYU did uh, this last recruiting class and in the transfer portal on the defensive side of the ball, BYU takes a major step forward defensively this fall to where they become one of the elite defensive teams in the Big 12. And I, I think that matchup is really fun and exciting because SMU's got this reputation. They're going to throw it all over the place and be wide open offensively. And BYU is going to come in there with, with, I think, one of the best defenses they've had in the last 10 years. It, it should be really, really fun. Friday Night Lights in Friday. Dallas sounds amazing, does it not? Isn't that Friday Night Lights in Texas yes. is, is what football is all about, right? A hundred percent. Cannot wait for that atmosphere. We told you he's a dual threat analyst covering both basketball and football. Blaine, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you again uh, as the week goes on. Great to talk to you guys. All right. See you, man. Lauren Gustin is incredible. She's rebounded the basketball more than any other woman in program history, surpassing the great Tina Gunn. It's, and she's doing it in the Big 12. There's this idea that, oh, when they get in Big 12 competition, she might not get as many rebounds. Uh, nope. We can put that to bed, dude. Yeah, she's doing it right now against really good teams. So, like, it's continued. She deserves all the praises she's getting right now. Absolutely. Congratulations to her in the history books. Man, will somebody break in the next 44 years? Do you think it's going to happen? I'd love to see it. Maybe. I would love to see it. Maybe. Our thanks to today's guest, the great Jimmer Fredette. All he does is come on the show when you're here co-hosting. I know. And sorry to Dennis Pitta. We only had time for one legend that wore the number 32 or donned the, the number 32 in college. The conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This is and all of our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. For Austin, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Brian Hamilton. See you tomorrow. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Next on BYUSN, a top five team in the Marriott Center. BYU men's basketball hosting number four Houston tonight. What's your case for the underdog Cougs to pull off a shocker? The experts think this will be a super close game. We'll preview tonight's matchup with BYU Hoops assistant coach Cody Feger. Where does he feel BYU has an advantage over the other Cougars? and the key to fixing second-half slumps. Why Tuesdays are a better day to drop a game than Saturdays. <laughs> and what notable figure says Trevor Nell's the best shooter in the country. Plus, Top 5 Tuesday features the top individual unbreakable records at Brigham. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, happy game day. It is January 23rd. I am Spencer Linton, alongside a man who also would like to release a special album with Lil Wayne, Jerem Jordan. Little Wayne. Uh, yeah, Steve <laughs> Young uh, tweeted um, about making a, uh, dropping a mixtape. He said, stop asking if Wheezy and I are dropping a mixtape this year. That's absurd. We're doing it in 2025. <laughs> I like that. In the next hour, you're going to have Elder Bednar 
talking, and then right now we're talking about Wheezy. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of programming you get on BYU TV, a variety. There's a place for all. Of excellence uh, from brother Steve Young. So, yeah, uh, who knows when that album's going to drop. But the album of, of the Cougars, Houston and BYU tonight, this is a massive game. We'll dive into it in a second. But oh, man. Cannot wait for this one. Shout out to Steve Young's social media team. They have they have they have ramped it up. As much as I want to give Steve, him? as much as I want to give him all of the individual credit, <laughs> no way, There's no way, no way. But he has brought his A game on social media. His <laughs> intern or her, his uh, in, yeah, has uh, produced. The power of social Tremendous media is that a few days ago, I'm watching Steve Young and a special that NFL Films does on him coaching his daughters in flag football yeah. as I'm standing in line at Disneyland, and then a couple days later, he's dropping an album with Lil Weezy. Uh, in 2025, <laughs> so let's go. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. I need more Trevin now. Trevin yes! now, how about that? Back door, running lay-in, Spencer Johnson. Here comes Houston to the Marriott Center. Let's go. Woo! In Big 12 basketball, you may have noticed, there is rare a break for any team, and BYU returns to take on the number four team in the country tonight. Bring it. Before we get into the specifics of tonight's matchup and the challenge that awaits BYU, we need to, I guess, pan out a little bit, zoom out, and look at BYU's metrics through the first five games to give everyone an idea of how these numbers see BYU, and guess what? It's not that different from where BYU was coming at a non-conference play. The Cougars, number 21 in the AP poll, number 19 in the coaches poll. Those are the human element polls. And then when you go to the mathematical metrics, Man. BYU still top five in net at number five, still top 10 in Kempom right at 10. And in the latest bracketology, a five seed. We'll see what happens when Joe Lunardi releases the new version of that here uh, in just a little bit. But still... The metrics are very strong for BYU with a losing record through five games in Big 12 play. Also to that, let's add the fun fact that BYU is favored in all but three of the remaining Big 12 games according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index. That is wild, Jim. Mm -hmm. BYU is a favorite in all but three Math. according to the BPI. Math's a wonderful thing, Spencer. Isn't it? Math's a really cool thing. You didn't I'm have to take a math class at BYU to graduate. I, I somehow did not. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's why you love math so much. I love it. <laughs> okay, in Ken Palm, BYU is a favorite in all but four of the remaining Big 12 games. How Got, about gotta that? Got to win. Now, with this caveat, I'm going to ask a question to Jerem here. BYU is an underdog against Houston tonight. Mm. Okay? So they... This is one of the games that they are a rare underdog. Vegas has yep. Houston as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Just a two-and-a-half-point two favorite. Wow. All right. So what chances do you give BYU of taking advantage of home court advantage in the Marriott Center and beating Houston, a top-five team tonight? There's a chance. BYU's in the Marriott Center, man. We've seen BYU win this type of game. Granted, it was a couple years ago against Gonzaga, right before the pandemic. But is Houston even good? Number one in net, number one Ken Palm team, number one defense. Are they even good at basketball? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, you name the blue blood, this is just like Kentucky or Duke or UCLA. Like, not all those teams are as good as this team. You know what I mean? Like, the, those are some good programs. Houston coming in here, they have a lot to prove. They lost 
a couple of road games to start league play. BYU is a good team. On paper, BYU looks good. First half, BYU might be the best team in the league. Second half, certainly have some work to do. Saturday was tough. I was gone yesterday, so here's my commentary on Saturday. Hey, don't give up 53 points and get outscored by 23, and you probably win the game. BYU is this close to being 4-1, 5-0 in league. Like, if they can figure some things out, they are right there. But I'm pleased with where BYU is at. 2-3 through the first five, I'm good. It feels like they I'm should okay. be 3-2. I would like one more win. Right? Realistically, like realistically. They've done enough to be 3-2, but they're not. Tonight's one of the biggest games in Merritt Center history. Let's outline some of the stuff. Both ranked in the top 25, both yep. top five in net, both top 10 in Ken Palm, both top five in points per possession allowed. BYU underrated as a defensive Great team. Great defensive team. Both top 25 in points per possession. Both new in the Big 12. Let's go. You got to play a great game, but you got to play good offense against a great defense. Only one team has scored 58-plus against Houston in league play. It was TCU in a win. Iowa State won with 57 points, allowed 53. If BYU can get into the 70s somehow tonight, that feels like a good number because BYU has a good defensive team as well. Certainly, you, you got to play well. Hopefully, BYU's healthy. We'll talk to Cody Figure coming up in the next segment and ask him about the health of the Cougars. Like, we've been surprised the last couple of games. Like, whoa, Trevin's not going. Whoa, Noah's not going. Oh, Foose is out. What's going on? Hopefully, BYU's healthy. But at home, with this team that shares the ball really well and can shoot the three really well and is cutting back door, and they're going to challenge that Houston defense with uh, pick and roll and Ali Khalifa. For sure. BYU has a better chance than you think. This is not the last couple of years BYU version. This is a new-looking BYU. A BYU that is quickly getting weathered and experienced with tough games every game. Third straight-ranked team, first time since 81 in that. That's crazy. And, and BYU is growing. They're getting better. Yes, they're coming off a disappointing loss where they were up big and lost at Texas Tech. But I, BYU's got a shot to win tonight. Why not? I had a friend say, okay, make a case for BYU against Houston. Like, watch my show. After the Cougars melted down against Texas Tech. This is what fans do, okay? The roller coaster of emotions. It's it's real. I get it. Ranked team. Make a case. Make a case for BYU against Houston. It starts and ends with BYU playing in the Marriott Center. Yeah, yeah, of course. Also, I said, did you watch the game against Iowa State? The formula for BYU to beat Houston is the exact same formula that BYU needs to implement to beat Houston. Iowa State and Houston very similar. Statistically speaking, on defense, Houston forces a ton of steals. They play a ton of pressure defense. They're going to hedge ball screen super hard. They're going to make Dallin Hall very uncomfortable. If BYU can remain at 12 turnovers or fewer and make 12 or more threes, the number is 12, Jerem. The, num- the magical we number like 12 is 12. We like 12 around here. Okay. Tribes, apostles. <laughs> of course. All dozen donuts. Make 12 threes have 12 or fewer turnovers, and BYU will be in a prime position oh, yeah, baby. to beat Houston. I Houston like doesn't like score it. a ton. They want to play slow. They yeah. want to grind it out yeah. and make teams go all the way down to the end of the shot clock and take a bad shot. So it's not going to re- require a ton of points, as you pointed out. Yeah. 68, the high that's been given up in league Isn't that wild? by Houston. So if BYU scores 62, that might be a winning number for it, the Cougars. It might. We're not used to this, but BYU has an elite offense and defense right now. You talk about pace, Spence. Let's put a number on it. Average possession, like second lowest in-league play yes. Houston. And then defensively, they, they make you use the shot clock. They are number one in making a team get to ni- – it's 19.2, how long it takes yes. a team to get to the uh, 
end of the shot. Here's what Houston does better than Iowa State. They defend the three-point line better than Iowa State. But still, they're not world beaters defending the three-point line per se. No. They just make you work for shots and make you spend a long time. They pressure you. Sometimes they'll mix up pressure. They'll throw in a full court. They'll throw in three-quarter stuff. They'll trap. Ali Khalifa's like, please pressure us. They do I will all backdoor you types of stuff to disrupt you offensively. Yeah. But there will be opportunities for BYU to take, I think, at least 28 to 33 three-pointers tonight. If you make 12 of those, you make 12, you're going to be in a great position to get that crowd rocking. Yeah. And maybe do they, something special to BYU only needs a little bit to get going. And this is the kind of game that you signed up for in joining the Big 12. Obviously, it's one of those new teams, but we, we knew that Houston was Final Four good, and they are. And we'll see, we'll see how this goes tonight, but I'm very excited about this game. And uh, it's going to be a fun one, man. Yeah, if BYU can get to the like, low to mid-60s, you got a chance in this game. Yes. I don't see BYU giving up like uh, 80 burger tonight. So let's go. You're in the Marriott Center. And it, it isn't like if BYU wasn't that good, we would still say, hey, you're at home. You got a, you got a chance. No, BYU is a good team. It, I would argue very good. BYU is on the cusp of great. BYU is a very good team that is a single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament projection, playing good ball. And the thing I like the most is BYU's played five games in the league now. They are getting used to what it takes to win against certain kind of teams. Houston is another level. Houston's the best team BYU will have played all year, and maybe it will be all season. We'll see. Kansas looks a little vulnerable to me. Houston has looked vulnerable as well. But these are good teams. BYU's good too, and they're getting weathered in the Big 12, and they're growing. They're getting better, and uh, BYU's going to win some of these. We've talked about BYU's going to win some of these games, surprise some people. Tonight very well could be one of those. It's one of those opportunities. Tonight is one of those. I think the Marriott Center home court advantage is worth like five points. That's a big it, number, especially it, when you're favored by two and a half. I think it's a special place. Or if this game dog. is played on a neutral court, or certainly at Houston, then I think the line's somewhere between five and nine in, in favor of Houston. But because it's in Provo, that line's at two, two and a half. Vegas is, and Ken Palm are telling you how good BYU is. We just kind of refuse to believe it because we're like, <laughs> How long is it going to take? Wait, what? How long is it going to take? For everybody to buy in. The half of Big 12 play? <laughs> By the way, tonight gets you to one-third of the way through league. Six of the 18 How games. How fun has this been? Amazing. This has been amazing. It's, it's, I yes. love it. If I'm Cody Fieger and the staff, I'm stressed out constantly because I'm trying to figure out how to generate wins here. But, yeah, a lot of talent. Houston on another level from some of the teams BYU's played. There's more pro talent tonight in this game than we've seen in They're a little better version of Iowa State defensively. Not as good as Iowa State on offense. But no. they're longer and a little more athletic I, defensively. I, I like their guards more than Iowa State. Sure. Yeah. For sure. More capable guards in Sheet and Cryer there. Our question of the day. Number four, Houston. As we mentioned, two and a half point favorite currently tonight in Provo. So what chance do you give BYU to pull off a stunner and beat the Cougars in red? At Mo Knows BYU Answers on X. If BYU only hit seven shots like UCF, nope. <laughs> well, yeah. BYU is a much better shooting team and much better offensive team than UCF. Yes. They're going to make more than seven shots. No he continues, if BYU hit seven plus threes, I like the Cougars' chances. Only Houston seven? is an elite defensive team with a decent offense. Just keep it close and let yeah. altitude and the crowd get it done late. That's one thing I did notice specifically in the Iowa State game 
is the Cyclones ran out of gas with about 12 minutes left mm -hmm. in the second half. They, they, all of them just looked super gassed. Will that be a problem for Houston? I don't know. Man, it could I be. don't know. In, in, it's hard to quantify. In league play, Houston has the third best efficiency on offense. So I wouldn't say they're like a struggling offense per se. They just don't take a ton of shots, but they're good They're good in the limited they're, number of possessions. There's sort of an Air Force football-like quality where they're going to shrink the game a little bit. The BYU is not going to have the amount of possessions they typically have because they're going to go later in the shot clock and so on. So you've got to make what you do count. For but sure. It, but if BYU can be BYU, they've, they have a great chance to win tonight. Like I feel, I feel like almost more confident of this BYU version uh, of team against Houston than I did of BYU men's basketball going up against Gonzaga back in 1920. Um, even though that BYU team was playing really well, it's like, well, it's Gonzaga. I don't know, maybe it's – if you put Kansas on Houston tonight, maybe it's different. Maybe we're like, oh, Kansas. But Houston, I respect the heck out of Houston. Uh, should be interesting, though. I, I don't question why you feel confident in this team because BYU has eight dudes that legitimately can shoot the three very, very well. Yeah. Uh, win the second – and maybe it's as simple as this. Win the second half, win the game. It might be because Literally, BYU, when they've it, done that in the two – like, when they've done that in Big five. 12 play, they have won the yes. game. The you, two times they won the second half in Big 12 play, they won those they games. They won the game. So is it that simple? I don't know. It's hard to boil it down to just one thing. Hashtag BYUS on an X, Facebook, and Instagram. Join that conversation. Hey, time for the Big 12 roundup. Yeehaw. Number seven, Kansas uh, beat Cincinnati last night. Came down to the wire, 74-69. Cincinnati. Cincinnati's good. Cincinnati's good. That was a tough loss, but Cincinnati's They're good. They're good. Uh, Johnny Furphy scored a career-high 23. They put him in the lineup the last couple of games. He's been really good. Cincinnati's sixth straight game against a ranked team. Oh he played at start tonight, not sixth. Two and four in those games, by the way. Kansas four and two. Kansas plays at Iowa State Saturday. That'll be a good one. Cincinnati hosts UCLA. Also tonight, Texas at number 11, Oklahoma. The future SEC teams, longtime rivals, showdown. Oklahoma 11-0 at home this season. Texas, however, has won the previous five meetings. Sooners four and a half point favorites. Texas 2-3 and three in Big 12 play, coming to Provo on Saturday. Yeah, trap game for Texas. Oklahoma is 3-2. <laughs> I expect Oklahoma to win this game, and Ooh. that will bring Texas into Provo at 2-4. and four. We'll see what BYU does. It perhaps. might be a couple of teams on Saturday in Provo that are both 2-4 and four that are feeling a little bit of desperation. Yeah, if, if both lose, uh, yeah. We'll see, man. Early one on that one, by the way. Noon Mountain Time Saturday. We got to pregame at 11 a.m. Mountain. Let's go. West Virginia at UCF. Both teams 2-3 and three in Big 12 games this season. West Virginia coming off a huge win against Kansas. UCF, eight and a half point favorites still. West Virginia considered the second worst team in the league. And they just beat Kansas. <laughs> Holy man. There are 11 teams of the 14 in the Big 12 within one game of each other. Isn't that fun? It is fun. <laughs> I would characterize it. It's fun. Yeah. TCU at Oklahoma State. The Cowboys. The lone winless team in conference, 0-5, and it's not because they haven't had opportunities. They took Baylor to the wire. Yep. Man, they were close against TCU on Saturday. They let the lead slip away. TCU's good. Yes, they are. <laughs> Two and three, but good. Like BYU. TCU's favored by four and a half points. Sorry, they were playing Kansas State on Saturday and let a lead slip away. Again, Oklahoma State, TCU tonight. Let's look at the current Big 12 standings. So with Kansas's win last night, they're now in third place at four and two, trailing only Texas Tech and Kansas. Texas State. Tech's good. That's not a bad loss on the road. It stinks that BYU had a big lead, but look at Texas Tech. Yeah, 
Texas Tech is, is a super solid team. BYU right in the middle of the pack. A win tonight against Houston would even BYU with the other Cougars and put the Cougars in the top seven of conference. Like that, it'd, it'd be nice. At the end of last week, we were talking about okay, what does BYU need to be at the end of January for everybody to feel okay? Top seven. Three and four. Like if they split this week three, I would feel wonderful about BYU being three and four after a brutal January. Yep. Split this week. Be nice to get one tonight and then just see what happens against Texas. What three-ish teams from the Big 12 are in the NIT? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you're telling me right now, like, oh, UCF didn't make it, they were in the NIT. It's like, UCF beat Kansas. West Virginia beat Kansas. UCF also beat Texas. Right? So they've like, beaten Kansas and Texas. Oh, man, it is wild. Okay, tonight, as we mentioned, huge game. Number 21 BYU taking on number four Houston. One of the biggest games BYU's ever played in the Big Mac, as they used to call it. 8 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio for pregame coverage. I could use a Big Mac now. A little special sauce. What's the special sauce in the Marriott Center? Ten eight, uh, special sauce is, is uh, sharing the basketball. <laughs> Not turning over. As After the break, we dive inside the matchup with number four Houston and do so with assistant coach Cody Figure. Where okay. did you feel like the Cougars have an advantage against such a good defensive team? This is BYU Sports Nation. Be healthy. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Key Ritchie at the rim. Yes. The score and the foul. Dallin Hall on the bounce. He'll pull and fire and oh. score the three. <laughs> We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I'm Spencer Lipton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is game day, BYU and Houston. Another top 25 matchup for the Cougars. Third straight. That hasn't happened since the 1981 NCAA tournament. Just That's how you normal this fare is. in the Big 12. Helping us break down just uh, how big of a deal this is, is BYU men's basketball assistant coach Cody Feger, who is with us once again. Cody, welcome back to BYU Sports up, Nation. Man? How are you guys doing? I appreciate you guys having me on here. Stoked. Huge game tonight. Yeah. Like Both you said, top 5, 10, 25, and a bunch of stuff that matters. This is, yeah. To me, the, I just said it on the show, but one of the biggest games uh, BYU's ever played. And we're going to say that a bunch of times here. But uh, it's a huge opportunity. Every, every game you have a chance to prove yourself, and anybody can be anybody in this league, and we've seen it so far. <laughs> yeah. You just hit the nail on the head right there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> anybody can beat anybody, and every game's tough. And uh, it, it's, it's fun, man. It, it's, it's awesome. It's everything we want. We get to prove ourselves, like you said, every single night. As you try and encapsulate what happened on Saturday against Texas Tech and the 16-point lead and it slips away, but knowing that you have the number four team in the country coming to the Marriott Center on Tuesday, how do you mentally process through all of that to, to get right and get ready for, as Jerry mentioned, one of the biggest games in BYU basketball history in the Marriott Center? Yeah, I mean, for us, you know, we um, met as a staff and we talked about it and then we, we brought our players in and watched some film, you know, Monday morning on exactly where, where we need to get better, right? At the end of the day, it's, it's the, the whole thing is with the Texas Tech loss, how, how can that help us prepare us for this next Houston game? Because it's a one-day turnaround, it's a one-day prep, 
and we have a dang good team. We should be as confident as all get out, and um, you know, we, we just showed them a couple things where we need to get better, and we need to stay locked in for all 40, 40 minutes of this game, because um, every night we're playing a really good basketball team with really good players, and for us, we always have to be pedal to the metal, and we can't let the, you know, the 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 gas off. You know, like we got to pe keep pedal to the metal. So it, it's everyone's tough. If you never got a lead like that, you'd be like, well, I don't know, this is hard. Can be all you hang to that. No, you're getting leads, and then when you've won the second half, you've won the game. Yeah. So what's the conversation specifically been about the final twenty <clears throat> of? Hey, we're in position to to be four and one. 5-0 if we uh, play better second half? Yeah, there's a couple things is, you know, I mean, every game's a little bit different, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's hard to say there's a certain Only thing. Only there's that, one thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's hard, like, you know, people are like, well, it's turnovers in the second half. Well, actually, we're turning it over more in the first half compared to the second half if we go all five conference games. Um, and the things that we've kind of talked about offensively is just leaning into what makes us great at the end of the day. It's getting to the offensive glass. It's our cutting, uh, catch and shoot shots. You know, so what we've kind of done is just kind of paint that picture for our guys over and over again on what makes us really efficient. And we need to keep on doing that the last 20 minutes of the game, the last five minutes of the game. Keep trusting it, keep believing in it. Because, you know, no matter what it is, it's going to be even harder the last five minutes, right? Especially uh, on the road. It's gonna get more physical. Everything's happening more, right? The, the best players are going to step up, right? Like it's going to get harder and harder, and we got to do it collectively as a team every single game, all 40 minutes. And like I said, I wish there was one thing that we could say, all right, guys, this is the issue. Well, we're playing different teams. Every game's a different game. And, you know, it's just something that we're working on and we're trying to get better at. And like I said, we focus on the things that Texas Tech does that, or uh, they took advantage of advantages of that will help us try to win this Houston game tonight. Cody Figure is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Much attention has been given to the second half. And again, when you look at what happened on Saturday, certainly Texas Tech is at home. The crowd gets going. That's part of college basketball. Home court advantage is a very, very real thing. And BYU, we think, will benefit from that tonight Absolutely. against Houston in a very special place to play basketball. But when the crowd gets going like that and the momentum has shifted, what do you do? Because you have done this to teams too, Cody. You've been yeah. the team that's erased a 25-plus point deficit and, and won the game. So what do you do to try and mix it up and, and change the pace and change that momentum in those scenarios? Yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> Honestly, it's really hard. Um, we call some timeouts. Um, but we just kind of get our guys collective like, hey, guys, let's you know, bring it in. Let's take a breath. Let's, let's figure out exactly what we need to do to be successful right? Um, like I said, the physicality goes up, so we need to be even stronger with the ball. Um, don't expect any calls. Like, there's just, there's a lot of things, um, and we just try to simplify it for our guys at the end of the day, right? Don't get them thinking about the crowd. Don't get them thinking about anything other than just being the specific stuff. Hey, sprinting to the corners in transition. Shoot, catch, and shoot shots. So we just try to really keep it as simple as possible the last, you know, five minutes of this game. It's hard to keep certain things constants, but the biggest variable has been lineup the last yep. couple of weeks. You know, Trevin and Foose missed some time. Noah suddenly missed some time. How's the health of the team right now going into tonight? Tonight, as of, I, as of right now, I, we're planning on playing all those guys tonight. Go. Um, 
which is exciting. Um, but, you know, I didn't hear anything after practice that there was any issues and no, no text messages this morning um, that there was any issues. So we'll see. But right now I'm planning on playing all those guys. But you're right. That that that'd be super helpful if we know who's, who's going to be playing. Night who's playing? No, you're good. Okay, good. Because <laughs> that, that's a big deal. Like at your at your best, you're really good. No question. And at home, so that's good news. Yeah, yeah. We're we're thanks for bringing the good news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just full of happiness today. Let's go, uh, Cody. Through five games, you mentioned the challenge that each and every individual contest is, and. We were all expecting the competition to just take a major uptake once you got out of non-conference play. You talk about the teams and, uh, that you're facing and their toughness. How have your guys on your team grown and risen over the last five games? Yeah, I mean, like I just see every game, somebody kind of step up in a different way, whether it's Richie Saunders, like Spencer Johnson last game here. Um, but our guys are really understanding that communication is key for us too as a team because one thing I feel like offensively and defensively we've been at all year long. Now there's a couple slip-ups here and there. Is we're just really connected. And I feel like through these five games, other than this last one with Texas Tech, for the full you know five games for the most part, we've been really connected and, and communication um, has been key for us. And we need to keep on making a step that way. Um, we're learning more about our team too as a staff on where we need to grow, right? We're only five games into this thing. And we're still growing as a team, and, and we were talking about what, what makes us successful offensively and defensively. So we're still getting better and better that way as a staff, too, um, just because every game, like I said, is just a little bit different. And where are these numbers, you know, what makes us better at the end of the day? I'm trying to recall, and maybe Greg tweeted this, I can't remember from the schedule, but is this the only two home in a week? Week? In Big 12 play, it might be, right? It, the it might be. The fact that you're playing at home twice, what difference can one home make, but two, being here all week? Oh, it's gonna, it's, it's huge, right? Um, I mean, like, like we were talking about last week or two weeks ago, we're playing at, um, at Baylor. Was that on a Tuesday, I think? Mm -hmm. And then we're yep. at UCF on a, on a Saturday, and that's, that's just really hard. And, and we got film. We've got scouts. We've got all this stuff to go over practice and everything. A pit stop in Arkansas to refuel. <laughs> yeah. That happened? Yeah. The yeah, pit yeah. stop in Arkansas? Yeah, so coming back from uh, UCF, it took about six, seven hours to get That's back. That's why it took so long. After the game, and then we played Iowa State on a Tuesday. Like, yeah. all that travel just takes a toll. And yeah. More pit stops, though, if the Iowa State performance <laughs> is what you get. Uh, I agree. Right? Maybe we need to do less of that stuff and just more travel more. <laughs> more um, travel. More travel. Um... Yeah, it's just it just is another thing. Just adds this beast, right? Like the yep. WCC was Thursday, Saturday, and just a little bit different. Um, but these these are all things that we thought about in the off season, you know. Uh, but we're we're really excited to be home. Like nothing's better than playing in front of our fans and and being here. So it's it's something we're excited about. It is the only your home two games all week. There you go. Thing. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Now, Jeez. Iowa State is an extremely disruptive defensive team. You found a way to protect the ball against Cyclones, and you got the home crowd going. That was really a magical game for BYU. Houston is also very disruptive defensively. So having played Iowa State and now preparing for Houston, how are those defenses similar, and how are they different? Um, I would say they're very similar. Um, like, yeah, Houston's ranked number one in the country not right now defensively. 
Um, they're number one in steals. They're number one in blocks. Like, you don't score at the rim against these guys. And the good thing for us is that we're really good at sharing the ball and shooting threes. Um, right? That's, that's been really good for us. Um, we've been the best, you know, three-point shooting team in the country. Um, so that's something that, you know, that we're, you know, really hoping we share this ball. Uh, <clears throat> they're really si similar because they have a lot of ball first. So if you come off a ball screen, there's two guys coming to the ball. And so for us, we got to get the ball out of our hands early, uh, get it to an open shooter or hit the roll fast and he sprays it out to a shooter. Um, so we got to really move this ball tonight. You know, that's something that really kind of affected us against Texas Tech. We didn't move the ball in the second half as well as we have the first half. So there's one thing for that game. Is this faux wood or real wood? Do we know the answer there? Are we, we're good, we're good on that? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's I good. hope so. Hopefully it's real wood. Let's go. Um, they uh, can still win despite shooting a poor percentage. They've done that twice where they were sub 40%. Granted, the two losses, they shot uh, uh, sub 40%. Defensively, do you have to hold them to some kind of number like that to feel like you have a, a better chance? I mean, there's always a goal. Like, we have an unbelievable defense. We're top 20 defense. You're underrated. We don't uh, yeah. talk about it. You're our, top five our, in points per position allowed. Yeah, our, our, yeah. our physicality, yeah. our effective field goal percentage defensively. Like, we, we, our guys are really connected, like I said, play at a really high level and, and really rebound. Um, so we have a really good defense. And, you know, there, there's not a number that sticks out in my mind, but our goal is to keep them – you know, get back in transition. That's where they're best. They're at a 1.2 points per possession in transition. Mm. If we make this thing a five-on-five, five, a half-court game, we got a chance to be really successful against these guys. And that, that's something that, you know, our guys are bought into and, and excited about tonight. But it's, it's transition defense. If we, can, if we can get back and get stops that way, that will really, really help us here. Only one Big 12 team has scored over 60 on them. Uh, TCU scored 68 in, in the win. Scoring... 60-plus doesn't feel crazy for a BYU team, but against Houston, that could be a number. Yeah, yeah like I mean, so good I mean like you said, very similar to Iowa State, where they're yeah. physical and they're yeah. really active with their hands. And, I mean, that was the most that's been scored against Iowa State since TJ has been there, right? Yeah. Um, and Iowa State won scoring 57. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they held them to 53. At, at their spot. Wild yeah. defensive yeah. game, yeah. Yeah, they play a little bit slower. We play mm -hmm. fast in transition. It, it's two polar opposites going uh, colliding tonight. So, all right, Cody. We'll finish with this. Fus Traore has been implementing himself back into the offense and trying to get back into the flow. How do you feel like he is fitting into the team now that he's got a few games under his belt in the Big Twelve? Good. He, it's getting better and better, right? He's getting his confidence back. He's getting a better feel there, here and there. You know, he made a backdoor pass that you know he's he, he's been working on all off season. Shades of Ali. Yeah, rubbing off on everybody. Yeah, yep. uh, but. You know, he's, he's working his tail off to, to get in here. Like, he's watching a ton of film. Um, the guys all love Foose. It was his, you know, 22nd birthday yesterday. Um, I mean, he is working his absolute tail off to, to get better. And um, he's going to be uh, – and he's going to keep on getting better and better. It, it, it's such a confidence thing, right? Sitting out basically a month and a half is, is not easy. And then when you step in, you're stepping against the best players in the country. Cody, great to have you on BYU Sports Thanks Station. Thanks for coming and in. Have fun tonight. Cannot wait 
to watch BYU line it up against the Cougars in red. Let's go, man. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, right, Cody. Some karma as well, yeah? Uh, all the karma. All the karma we <laughs> Take can get. as much as you can 8 handle. Eastern, pregame, BYU TV, BYU Radio. And then Thursday, check out BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app and ESPN+. Plus. I'm being told full wood also applies to knock on wood. Full wood We're is good. good. We're okay. good. Okay, excellent. Right. Up next is Trevin Nell, the best shooter in the country. Which major college basketball analyst just said that? And is it better to lose on Tuesday than Saturday in the Big 12? The rankings would suggest so. The rankings say so. This is BYU Sports Station. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. He is Dave McCann. I am Spencer Linton. I feel like it's the appropriate time to roll out your Wednesday headlines. I'll follow your lead. Okay. It feels right. BYU loses last night to Houston 75-68. to First halftime deficit in Big 12 play. They were down by 13 the second half rally back, tied the game at 68 on the three from Noah Waterman. Exciting game, place was packed, back and forth. Houston finishes the game on a 7-0 run. They win it, BYU now 14-5 overall, 2-4 in the Big 12. And oh, by the way, that loss cost them nothing in the net. They're at five. It cost them nothing in Ken Palm. They remain at 10 in this crazy world. Texas is in town on Saturday. Just beat Texas and stay ranked. Again, it's better to win on Saturday than it is on Tuesday, Absolutely. apparently for the national pollsters. Eighth-ranked BYU men's volleyball sweeps number 14 Princeton for a second consecutive night. The Cougars improved to seven and one on the season. BYU played four matches in five days, going four and oh, Four victories, all over ranked opponents. Cougars led last night by Luke Benson's 13 kills. Up next, BYU will host seventh-ranked UC Irvine on Friday and Saturday in the historic Smith Fieldhouse. This will mark the toughest test to date for the Cougars this season. Fieldhouse will be rocking. Yes. Something to see. ACC announcing dates for certain games for the fall football season, including BYU's road date at SMU. They announce it Friday night, September 6th. Cougars added SMU to the schedule to uh, fill the spot where they had Utah because Utah's now a conference game. We expect that one to be at the end of the season. We'll find out, we believe, when the Big 12 schedule is supposed to be announced next Tuesday. ESPN's Mel Kuyper has BYU football offensive lineman Kingsley Suamata'ia going to the Green Bay Packers, 25th overall in the first round in his first 2024 NFL mock draft. Kuyper has Suamata'ia as the eighth best offensive tackle available in this year's draft class. Puka Nakua, always in the news, named to the Pro Football Writers Association, NFL, all-rookie team. He's an all-pro, man. Like, all-rookie's nice. He's an all-pro! Wild what he's done. And congratulations to former BYU quarterback and current Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian, yeah. who will be inducted into the Shrine Bowl Hall of Fame. Well done, Sark. Got to the playoff. Texas had a nice season, and apparently they're going to be loaded again next year. You know what I love about Sark, and we got to talk to him last summer and then leading up to the Texas game, is BYU still very much in his heart. Yep. He loved his time here, follows the Cougars, and, and while so doing, leading the, the biggest college football athletic department in the country. <laughs> like, good job. No sir. pressure at Texas, right? Yeah, <laughs> Those are today's headlines. 
Now we opine in the whip. The Cougar Whip Ram presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. What was most impressive about BYU men's volleyball's 4-0 stretch playing four games in five days? Uh, well, they won two on the road. I like that a lot. But the ability to come home and then sweep Princeton, who's a good team, on back-to-back -back nights at the end of that stretch, that's the most impressive is that BYU swept matches three and four. They're loaded. They're fun. They're entertaining. They're contenders. Luke Benson's got an S on his chest. <laughs> you can't miss it. And they're all on BYU TV, those home matches, including those this weekend. Texas basketball beats Oklahoma by 15 in Norman last night. Huge road win for the Longhorns. How does this affect your expectations for the showdown between Texas and BYU in the Marriott Center on Saturday? Well, it affects it. It affects it a lot like when Central Florida beat Kansas yep. just ahead of hosting BYU. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, now BYU's got to go in with some fear and trepidation and, and let that motivate them. Uh, after I saw the score last night, and them winning in Norman, I thought, and they looked good against Baylor on CBS the other day. Um, you know, they're not anywhere near Houston in all those numbers. But if BYU thinks, oh good, Texas is coming, we should beat them, Texas will pound them. So the focus has to be the same as if Texas is number four. Go out there, rebound, hit some threes reduce those turnovers. Sure. Um, but yeah, after you win at Oklahoma, the Sooners are number 11. They better have your attention. Yeah, there's some real now concern and a little bit of desperation creeping in for BYU to win this game. They just got to get to three and four to feel like order is restored. Houston head coach Kevin Sampson was nothing but complimentary after BYU's, about BYU's crowd last night after the game. He talked about it here in the post game uh, and he was careful to watch his language. <laughs> Take a listen. But these fans didn't come to see us play. They came to support BYU. Iowa State did not, they could care less about us. They came to support the Cyclones. And so, and that's, and that's the beauty of playing in, uh, for the fans. Not for coaches, it's absolute H-E-L-L. -L. I better not say that here. <laughs> um, I feel my mother would be. Hey, look, when Elder Bednar starts the day speaking at the Marriott Center, you don't end the day uh, with curse words at the Marriott Center. Samson's a wise man. Yeah, he's one of us, maybe. And he's best friends with Dave Rose. They go way back. Um, they had an, I watched him have a nice conversation after the game last had night. Had great interactions with him. Yeah. And uh, first class guy with a first class team. Oh, he's super intense. He's got that team playing at an ultra high level. By the way, side note going back to Texas, uh, Ken Palm gives BYU a 77% chance to win that game. 77. 77. Don't tell the team. Let's just talk about it between ourselves. <laughs> 77. Tonight, uh, BYU basketball with Mark Pope is tomorrow, 8.30 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. A coach and a player visit with Greg Rubel. They'll set the stage for the showdown with Texas. That's tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern time. Dave, I feel like we should bring in one of our close colleagues. Blaine Fowler is going to join us next. And he's going to discuss if BYU and their shot selection took themselves out of the game last night, or does he feel like maybe it was something else? This is BYU Sports Nation. How about Lauren Gustin, too? So good. Fantastic. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live 
in the studio, Bizzle, alongside Jason Shepard and Spencer Linton. It's time for a very quick version of the Big 12 Roundup. Only one game last night, Jason. How did it go down? Yeah, number 23, Iowa State and K-State. This game being played in Ames. It went to the Cyclones, 78 to 67. K-State erased a 14-point lead, tying the game multiple times, but just could never get over the hump. Iowa State now 12-0 at home this season. Iowa State improves to 4-2 in the Big 12. K-State falls to 4-2. If you haven't experienced Hilton, the arena yeah. for Iowa State in Ames, yeah. like you think the Marriott Center is like maybe the best home court advantage in the Big 12? It's gotta be Hilton. Like, like I love the Marriott Center. Right. Iowa State does not lose at home. In fact, they play Kansas, I believe, on Saturday at home. And guess what? I expect them to win. They, get, they, they just don't lose at home. There are certain environments that just lift a team. And the opposition goes in knowing that they're at the disadvantage. Yes. And that is one of those places. Yeah. They host Kansas on Saturday. And I'm like, I think I was, yeah, I was just going to win that game. I, I, which is wild. All right. Let's check out the standings in the Big 12 right now. All right. After the one game last night, Texas Tech still alone atop the standings at four and one, although their schedule has not been as tough as many of the other Big 12 teams. Still, four and one, they're in first place right now, followed by Houston, Kansas, and Iowa State. There is that Kansas-Iowa State showdown, a couple of four and two teams right there. Kansas State drops to four and two. Baylor in the sixth spot at three and two, and there's Oklahoma after a head-scratching 15-point home loss to Texas. Yeah. They've lost five in a row at home against Texas. Yeah. What the heck's going on there? TCU, Texas, UCF, all three and three, and there's BYU. If the Cougars can beat Texas, again, I feel like order is restored. You get to three and four going into February. And then there's some more real, there's real confidence and a chance to rest finally for BYU before that game at West Virginia. Which is a big deal. Which is a big deal, no question about it. All right, midweek buys, by the way, were Texas Tech and Baylor this week. You never know what you're going to get in the Big 12. That's we, what's so much fun about this. We, we say this every day. Like, okay, at some point, like, chalk's going to hold serve, right? It hasn't been that way at any point. It feels season. like every time there is a night with multiple Big 12 games on it, afterwards we're all like, did you see that upset tonight? <laughs> like, it seems like that's the storyline almost every game uh, night. So Kansas has got two losses, right? They're front right. two? Yeah. Their two losses are to UCF. In West Virginia. <laughs> yes, teams that you would not have expected. <laughs> it's, it's so wild. All right, our question of the day. BYU men's basketball remains number five in the net rankings, number nine in the Ken Palm Index, and they are a five seed projected in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology. So are you convinced BYU is as good as Joe Lenardi and the metrics say they are? Robert Colbert on X says, if BYU makes the tournament, they will definitely be prepared. Every conference game feels like it could be a Sweet 16 matchup. It really does. I was thinking that the other night. Like, man, BYU playing Houston, and then they played Iowa State not too long ago at Texas Tech. All these games are like high-level NCAA tournament games in the second round or the Sweet 16. What's, what's, the, uh, what's the phrase, iron sharpens iron? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you, 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 you will be battle-tested going through this league heading into the postseason. There's no question about it. This is a fair concern brought up by Zane Dumont on X, who says, not, not buying BYU at the end of close games. If BYU wants to make a run in the postseason, they need to figure out how to close 
those type of close games. Yeah. It, it, look, at it, they do. There's no, and, but they know that. They, they know that they need to find a way. Being in the games is great, but you, you've got to find a way to close those out. They're well aware of that, and that's what they're working on. And imagine, by the way, imagine when they do start winning some of those games like that. Imagine what's possible for this team. BYU won at UCF, but again, there's a caveat of they didn't exactly play well at the end of the game. BYU was up by nine late. They were up by double digits with, what, seven minutes to go in that game and then kind of had to just scrape it out. They had to, but they, but did. They, they did. But they did. They did. So they do have that to draw on. They played their best game of the season against Iowa State. I mean, yeah. they, they ran a very good Cyclones team out of the Marriott Center gym in the second half. So anyway... Keep them coming. Hashtag BYUSN, our elite voice of the day, presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated from Brian Maxwell on Facebook, who says, BYU's been in every game so far. Yes. It's so easy to forget our fan expectations at the beginning of the season to now. It's fun to watch competitive games night in and night out. I'm proud of where BYU is and hope they will learn to keep the killer instinct and close a game out playing to win and not playing to lose. I don't feel like BYU was playing to lose against Houston. I no, no. very much felt like they were playing to win. They just couldn't quite dig out of that hole that they got into. That's right. Number eight, BYU men's volleyball hosts number seven UC Irvine Friday and Saturday. You can watch it on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time. All right, put a bow on today's show next. Rise and shout out to one of the all-time great teams in BYU sports history. This is BYU Sports Network. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Our question of the day. Fourth-ranked Houston, a two-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against BYU men's basketball in Provo. So what chance do you give the Cougars to beat the other Cougars? Brian Buss on X says, if BYU can keep turnovers to under 12, there's that number, live ball turnovers to five or fewer, make 15-plus free throws, plus five on the boards, and hit 12-plus threes, that's all you're asking Very for? specific. I like it. I like it. BYU will win. BYU needs an Iowa State-type performance to win. I- I'm, just, I'm just on the Absolutely. turnovers and 12 threes. Like, Those certainly are you know, keys to su- success. Cody Figure told us, hey, we got to share, share this basketball. They, they got to uh, rebound. They, that's what's yes. led BYU. Like, there's certain things that don't make BYU BYU. Like, they don't have to get to the free throw line a million times. I would rather make threes than free throws, but you also need to get to the free throw line and make free throws. You can't afford to just not go to the line. That worked against Iowa State. They were very aggressive in trying to get to the rim, trying to draw fouls, and that worked very effectively. But it was a great defensive game. BYU's got to play great defense too tonight, but I think more than that, they have to match offensively against the great defense of Houston. Cannot wait to watch how it all unfolds. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes in from Jennifer underscore Price underscore Carver on Instagram, who says, depends on injuries, but with The Rock, the chance of winning is always higher. Yeah, it's like a 5% difference uh, shooting into The Rock than not, which is exciting. They'll bring the juice, which would be awesome. The free throw defense. <laughs> the free throw defense of BYU, just amazing. <laughs> um, but you, you look at this, this game in the Marriott Center, at home, injuries. Cody Figure told us they're expecting to be pretty healthy tonight. We didn't ask about Marcus Edwards Jr. per se. Dawson Baker's still out. But, like, the, the 
Water, no waterman who missed Saturday expected is expected to play. to play tonight. That's great. As of that conversation. So. Foos is getting himself back to his usual self. Yep. Awesome. And with the yeah, re-emergence of potentially Noah Waterman. And yeah, those guys, those guys make a difference. BYU's gonna need all that no water. There's not a lot of six eleven guys that shoot the three like Noah Waterman and Did, rebound as well as he does. Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It's game day against Houston. So naturally. You know who's coming on the pregame show tonight? Tyler and his brother. TJ! TJ! What, a, what a game winner at Houston in the Fertitta Center the last time BYU was there. The hug of Mark Durant. Shep's yelling so loud the equipment quit. No, no, no. Let's go! Huge win for BYU. <laughs> Huge. Yoli Childs, uh, you know, unavailable in that game, we forget, you know, uh, due to the stupid suspension. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.